Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Unto Folly podcast, the only podcast that truly believes that modesty is hottesty. I'm Ooh. Alejandro, and I'm here with Ivan. There we go. There we go. Uh, yeah, what's going on? What's new? What's happening? How's your week been? Oh, not much, man. I, I will say this. T- this week felt a little longer than most. Um, yeah. I mean, nothing crazy happened. Uh, uh, St. Anthony got their banquet chairs in. Nice. And so, of course, the, the three guys that worked there were the ones that uh, unpacked them. And <laughs> moved all the... Yeah, so the first, like, two or three days of the work week was just us uh, getting those chairs in order. Chairing is caring. Yeah, and at that point, we're just like, well, we don't want to do anything that we're supposed to do now, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I feel that for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, what's uh, how has it been? Um, like, have you gotten any, like, personal like responses from people that you know about the show so far or how's that been everyone's told me that they love it yeah yeah there's been a lot of people that have reached out nice um man my voice feels a lot deeper today i don't know yeah, that's because it's in the morning is that what it is i think so oh man I, i'm hearing myself i'm just kind of like whoa who's that oh sexy man is that <laughs> <laughs> james earl jones yeah i know but uh no man like um you know there's there's a lot of people that you know i've reached out and told me it was like like, dude, when, like, you or Alejandro said this, like, like that's Dang. what I needed to hear. That's sick. It was, yeah, that's it was so really good. cool. Yeah, that's so good. Um, yeah, same. Like, I've had friends um, just reach out to me and just be like, wow, this was, like, actually good. And I was like, I, yeah, I guess so, huh? <laughs> Like, honestly. Um, but, yeah, my week has been crazy, dude. Uh, what, second week of Exodus? I think. Yeah, I think it's yeah. second week. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad I'm on Exodus because I have no time to do anything. Yeah. I legit, like my days are just like, I run from one thing to another. And then I I was like, if, if I was still like watching YouTube, I would literally not get anything done. (laughs) You know, I'm still watching Disney plus get nothing done. Um, so, you know, praise God for Exodus. It came at such a good time. Um, but yeah, cold shower, still cold. Um, what else? My teeth super hurt. Um, from yesterday. the Invisalign? The Invisalign? I, I think so. I think it's like wisdom tooth stuff. Verizon line. But like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> T-Mobile line. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Yesterday was so tough. I was like, like God super humbled me. And I was just like, God, just help me get through everything. Because my <laughs> mouth super hurts. And so I was like super like cracked out on like aspirin. Yeah. <laughs> not like super cracked out. I mean, a healthy amount. Um, but yeah, we're feeling good. Uh, less so today. Uh, I'm two shots of fresh espresso. Oh, shoot. Uh, fresh espresso. They get me through the stress. Oh my yeah. goodness. Um, so two shots in a little bit of aspirin. It's all good. Did you watch, uh, Encanto before you went on Exodus? No, I didn't. Oh man. Is it good? Yeah, it's pretty good. Isn't that Coco? It's kind of like Coco. Isn't it Book of Life? No, no, no. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know how to how to share it with you without spoiling anything. I, I know there's a grandma. There's a gra- yeah. And everyone hates powers. The, everyone hates the grandma. I also hate the grandma. You don't know the grandma. Yeah, I don't need to know somebody to hate somebody. What? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just heard some of the people at, at my Newman Center talking about it, and some people were so heated about the grandma, and I was like, I don't, I don't know. I, they don't get it. Were they Hispanic? 
Yeah. Some, oh. Yeah, I think they all were. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, she's the matriarch. And I was like, what? And I was <laughs> what? like, what's happening? And I was like, isn't that You know, every, everyone hates the grandma. Yeah. I I don't hate the grandma. Yeah? Yeah. Why not? Are you okay if I spoil stuff? I'm not. I mean, it's going to. I'm not going to watch it until like, what, 70 days. So. So basically, like, the idea spoiler is. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Like, spoiler alert. fast forward if you don't want yeah. to hear this. But uh, basically, like, there's this grandma, right? And, like, yeah. they all have powers. And yeah. so, like, everyone except, like, the main character who's Mar- Maribel. 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 Um, for my Maribel. my Hispanic folks. See, um, si. si, por favor. <laughs> <laughs> si. But, but this is, it's the idea that, like, uh, in a sense, like, she's kind of, like, in the embarrassment to the family. Yeah. Because she didn't get a gift. And, like, they always Ooh. have, like, they always get a gift at a certain age, and they have, like, this big ceremony for it. Yeah. And then, like, when she, it was her time, like. Is like, it, like, a power? Yeah, like a superpower. Ah. Uh, yeah. So, like, one, like one person, like, can hear, like, like from miles away. Oh, okay. The other one, like, cool. talks to animals, stuff like that. Um, nice. And then, uh, like, it's this idea of just, like, everyone in the family has felt pressured to, like, live up to, like, Abuela's expectations. Mm. Um. But, like, the reason why, like, I don't blame Abuela is because she went through her own trauma. Like, they, like, yeah. cut to this scene in the movie where, like, she, like, sees her husband get murdered in front of her. And so it's this idea of, like, her trying to keep everyone close he gets, together. He gets killed by, like, a cartel or something? Yeah, like the... Like a Bolivian? Yeah, like Pablo Escobar, I think. Oh, Pablo? Yeah, and his boys. He feels like Pablo. Yeah. Well, no, no. He feels like nothing now. He feels, like, <laughs> dead. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he feels like. Yeah, and so, like... Dang. So... And then, like, at the very end, like, she's, like, Abuela recognizes, like, like, oh, I messed up. And, like, because, mm. like, Marib- like, Maribella, like, got into this huge argument with her. He's just, like, he's, like, like none of us are good enough for you. <gasps> and, like, all this stuff. Yeah. And, uh, like, cause it was, I saw a meme about it, actually. Uh-huh. And uh, she was, like, it was just, like, any, like, like, real Hispanics watching this movie know that the real miracle wasn't, like, Maribel, like, saving everyone or any magic. It was the fact that. You had this strong Hispanic woman admit she was wrong and like yeah. apologize to everyone. Oh yeah, because in real life that would never would have happened. Nah. Like Abuela would have just like like slapped the crap out of yeah. Mirabel during that fight. Abuela would have thrown hands. Yeah. So personally, like I feel it's just like you know we got to see Abuela's trauma and like I feel yeah. like understandably you like yeah yeah. So I don't hate Abuela. No, yeah, she's probably a good woman. I think so. Yeah, a good woman. Yeah, I mean she kind of sucked at times. Don't get me wrong, but I well, mean, yeah, who doesn't? I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. That's, yeah, I mean, maybe I'll watch it. You should. Um, the movie, the the music's good too. Or I'll watch Coco instead. Yeah, Coco's always gonna be my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I Coco cried, Loco. dude. I cried when I watched Coco the first and time. Poki Titi Tito Loco. I don't even know what you just said. Is that one of the songs? Poco Loco. Yeah, Poco Loco. Poki Titi Tito Loco. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Poquitito. Poquitito loco. Poquitito loco. Oh, man. All right. Are you ready for the question of the day? Uh, yeah, I'm ready. All right. What was the scariest moment that you had experienced on net? Ooh, I have, I have two. Okay. I, I have one funny one and one more serious one once we kind of transition us, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. First one is uh, the... And the, the, the Chaco skirmish of 2021. Um, so when I was on net, I mostly stayed in Pomona, California mm-hmm. at this parish named St. Joseph's. Uh, if you don't know anything about Pomona, certain parts of Pomona are really dangerous, like, like Compton level, like bad, like 
really sketchy. St. Joseph's was in one of the sketchy parts, West Hold Avenue. Um, you should not be there around like at night or in the day or at any time. But luckily, <laughs> the, the the church that we we're staying at, one, the priest, Father Stephen, shout out to him. He's like the the just the, the strongest priest, not physically, but just spiritually the strongest that I've ever seen in my life. Like, oh, my gosh, what a shepherd. Uh, and just, you know, he was just so used to putting up with all these like crazy people around in that part of town. Um, and it was like gated off. So it was pretty safe. Right. The campus itself was pretty safe. Um, but, you know, there definitely was like some sketchy times. But the most sketchy was um, so we were staying at this rectory, like right in front of right next to the church. And, um, you know, everybody's saying goodnight. It's like like 10 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody's saying goodnight. And I'm like messing with people before going to bed. And uh, Father Stephen calls me up because he has my number. And he's like, hey, um, are the guys there? Like, are you guys at the rectory? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and he's like, okay. So uh, somebody broke into the church and I'm here by myself. And I just locked myself behind the gate and the guy won't leave. Can you guys come? And I was like, bet. <laughs> and so, <laughs> bet. Like, I don't even... I just like, all right, we're going to be right there. And so I run, grab my pepper spray, my flashlight, which I don't think you're allowed to have pepper spray on net, but the situation was a situation. I was, it was like, a dire situation. Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna keep that thing on me. Yeah, I'm gonna keep that course. spray on me. Keep that thing on I'm me. I'm gonna keep that pepper. Um, no salt. Um, and, and so I, <laughs> and I'm wearing my Chacos like sandals. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so like legit, I have a moment where I was like, all right, I'm, I might have to throw down with some crackhead guy right um and so i tightened my sandals like gird my loins type stuff like zoop, zoop, yeah. t- like tighten them, them up yeah put them on sports and mode. I, I'm, yeah put them on sports mode and i start bolting i'm just like yelling like hey yo guys like we need you guys like father steven needs our help let's go about <laughs> to roll up on this guy um and so legit like ready to like throw hands yeah. uh, like i'm gonna have to like wrestle a dude or something yeah uh, which i'm i'm like not the biggest guy so i'm like please god don't let him be like giant yeah. or else I'm going to get hurt. Yeah. But I was like, whatever. Like, we don't have time to think about that. I'm just running. We bust through the side gate. My flashlight's on. We're running. Pepper spray's ready. Um, and then we just see the guy just, like, teleport across the street. I've never seen somebody run that fast. He's, like, some shirtless guy. Runs, like, across the street. Like, Olympic. Like, crazy. Like, crackhead fast. Yeah. Like, superhuman ability. Uh, and then so we check him up with Father Steven. He was like, yeah, I mean. He just, like, was in the church. I was locking up the church, preparing stuff for mass the next day. And he just, like, was in, uh, <laughs> he was, like, in the narthex or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, he grabbed, like, the processional, like, crucifix or cross. And he, like, raised it up. And he didn't have a shirt on. And he's, like, raised it up. And he's, like, I am Jesus. And then he did <laughs> like, Father Stephen didn't know somebody was in the church. And so yeah. he was, like, ah, what do you, put, put that down. What are you yeah. doing? And he was, like, get out. Put that down. Get out. Um, and luckily he didn't break anything. Yeah. Um, and then we went in and found his stuff and he had a bag and stuff. And I guess he had just been chilling there for some time. He just snuck in when nobody was looking. Uh, and so we left his, his stuff and, uh, it was a whole shenanigan, whole shenanigan. And like legit, I was like, I'm going to have to fight some dude. Yeah. <laughs> some crackhead. Um, but yeah, definitely one of the, one of the top scary moments. Um, and after the fact, I was like, man, that was crazy. Like we we're about to throw hands, um, as missionaries, but we we're down, we we're ready. Like I didn't even have time to think, but so it was that moment. Uh, and if you have like a funny one, you could show your funny one before we get into the, 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 are you, you the have like one. a, like a scary, scary one, not a scary one, but uh, it's like a, like a spiritual, okay. more closer to kind of like what we're going to be talking about. Okay. So. Cause my, like the, <laughs> when I, when I was thinking about it, mine like was, uh, you know, my first year of seminary, 
Yeah. Um, like all of, like the the first year guys that like came in at the same time, we all became really good friends. You know, right at like during our orientation, mm-hmm. and uh, there was one person when I was at Mount Angel, um, who lived in Portland or Beaverton, which is the the rich part, I guess. But, nice. Um, but his brother went to like you know one of the, like like I guess like the equivalent of Bishop Gorman over there, like okay. Catholic schools. Yeah. And uh, you know he was a like he played football, mm-hmm. and so he would invite all of us to this football game, and you just see like all these seminarians being loud and obnoxious at this kids' football like game like his, yeah. his brother's name was alex and we would just all be like yelling at like the coach saying like put alex in <laughs> even though like i think like his like position was he's like a kicker or that? <laughs> i think so <laughs> i think so but uh it was really cool because like a little, the parents like really enjoyed us there and like they they were That's always funny. like looking like forward to seeing us at the games yeah but um there was one night where you know like the we had the game you know they the game went i think they won um i think it was like the last game like mm. before um they go to like I don't know, playoffs or whatever. Yeah. But um, we ended up like, you know, we're hungry. Let's like, let's go to BJ's. Like we can get some pizookies and whatnot. Yeah, facts. And of course, like we do. And, Monkey uh, bread pizookies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like me and my, my buddies, like we're there, we're eating. Uh, we get back to the seminary like at around midnight, mm. which later on I find out that we have a curfew. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think we're supposed to be like on campus at 10. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but in the, in the theology building, the the guys in theology like they would always you know have like wine they'd have like their own whiskeys like you yeah know, they were drinking connoisseurs uh, ah. and uh, we uh, we pull up behind um, our building um, uh, the it's called the Anselm Anselm building named after Saint Anselm yeah and uh, like you know we're trying to be quiet we're trying to be like sneaky yeah yeah we pull up and then uh, as we open the door like we I see a hand come in like. You know, kind of as if they were holding a knife. Yeah, there wasn't holding a knife, but like he was like kind of like it was going at us, and he was like, like like making stabbing sounds. And it was one of the seminarians that lived in our building, and like he he had a little too much to drink. He like a little too much, and like he just starts like yelling at it. And this is how I found out like when this like particular person like like drinks too much. Yeah, like he pretends to kill people. Like, what? like he'll like bust in a room and like pretend to like just snipe everyone. He's like, she's like, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead. Like I killed all of you guys. You're like, shoot, and, uh, I guess. Yeah, but this is how he was acting. Like, like you yeah. know, midnight. Yeah, he's just like, I killed all of you guys. Like, he's like, you would all be dead. And like he started, he kind of started to cuss a little bit, and, like, <laughs> like really loud. And uh, at Mount Angel, the director of um um like the spiritual department, yeah, his name is uh, Father Dillard. And Father yeah. Dillard, you know, like, you know, Ooh, he's, a, yeah. he's an elderly man. Dilly dilly, yeah. Uh, yeah, and he he's like seven foot something feet Oof, tall. Yeah. But he's also very skinny. So yeah. if you catch him in the forest, you're like, you think like like Slender Man like, yeah. is after you, you know? He gonna get you. Yeah, and like, he was always this, like this nice like old man. Yeah. And uh, he lived in our building. Mm-hmm. And uh, he <laughs> his room faced like the park, like where we parked. And like, yeah. we hear like... This like and we're like we're trying to get like the seminarian that that you know had a little bit too much like to calm down yeah <laughs> and um and uh, we just hear like like be quiet it's one o'clock in the morning oh. <laughs> and we're just like oh shoot that, that was like that was Father Dylan and then like like we all like like pause for a second like possums like at, like or like deer in, like headlights yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we all look at each other and then we just all run in different directions. <laughs> 
And then like like one person like is going up the stairs. One person like like is like trying to like get onto the elevator. And, then she, uh, and like the other person just like is like in the trash can. Yeah, like he went to like a different building in a to like hide there for a little bit. Yeah, and like we're all like in our rooms like oh crap we're gonna get kicked out of seminary. <laughs> and uh, but then I mean nothing happened after that, so it was nice. okay. But like I was I was terrified in the moment. Yeah, yeah, nice. That's really funny. That's really funny. Um, the other one is, uh, uh, and I guess this can lead us into the yeah. the whole shenanigan of, of this episode. Um, so when I was on net, so this was during net training. And uh, when I went into net training, well, one, I was like, what, 23 going to net training. A lot of, a lot of kids like straight out of high school. And so immediately I was like, oh, shoot, I, I'm this, old. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, this is not my scene. You know, everybody has so much energy. I'm just like a little grouch old man. And I was like, I'm just going to keep to myself. Uh, not when I went into net, like I had some idea that like maybe God would call me to leadership in some sense. Uh, but honestly, I was like, oh, God, I just want to chill. I just want to be a part of a team and just kind of chill out. You know, you know how it is. And so I was like super low key and I try not to like stand out or anything. And um, we were getting trained on how to like give talks and mm-hmm. stuff. And so we got one of the one of the themes that they have. Um, and everybody in your like laundry group, uh, which may or may not have been some people that might be on your team, um, but it's just a group that you go do laundry with and it's like co-ed. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody gets kind of the same talk. And so you just go up and you have like a day and a half to kind of prepare it. And it's like, you know, it's supposed to be kind of rough or whatever. And you just go up just to kind of get you used to going up and, and doing it. And so I remember just like praying a lot and uh, preparing a lot. But this entire time, I'm just kind of like, I'm hiding and I'm just like, like, hey, God. I don't, I hope I'm not called to leadership and just kind of hiding, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if you're listening to this and we were at, um, that training, uh, yeah, sorry. Um, I probably didn't talk to you or anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so yeah. And so I, I remember going up and, and, and I had prepared, I try to prepare as much as I, as I can. And I, I give like pretty much like a full talk, um, on it. And I just remember like, Oh, I was like, yeah, that was good. I feel like it was good. And then just a lot of people just gave me so many affirmations. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's great. Like I, I very much felt inspired by all the things I was saying, whatever. And then once we're done with the session, um, the two, like kind of like my small group leader yeah. and his, um, his like co-leader, um, which they're like supervisors. So they're, um, net missionaries who are now like on mission staff or whatever, they're like higher up. Um, but they're still like around my age, but yeah, so they kind of pulled me aside and they were like, yeah, we just, we just noticed that like, you know, you have like this gift, like there's something about like the way that you were talking and what you were saying that like, like, like God is calling you to like something like essentially kind of giving me this affirmation of like, mm-hmm. but also in some sense it was kind of like a warning, like of like, mm-hmm. like, Hey, you're going to be a leader. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, a few days later, like I did find out that I was going to be one of the leaders yeah. for the team, but um, essentially this kind of like uh this like recognition of like you have something special like great things are expected of you type mm-hmm. deal um and that terrified me and i was like it was like out of body i was like no <laughs> this is not what i wanted ah <laughs> like um like i've been wanting to hide and then like i've been doing everything to hide but god just like Ugh. that one moment uh, yeah yeah and so i'd be i don't know it was like terrifying for me like it's one of the things that i thought of uh, with this question is like it was just so scary of like, man, what is God going to call me to do? Um, and I was like, oh, shoot this again. Like, here we go again. Yeah. Uh, and then after the fact, like, I realized like, you know, how, um, how good that was, how good that calling was. But definitely, 
scary moments top down yeah for sure well that kind of leads uh in, in today's topic like you said and so today's episode is called should i stay or should i go <gasps> and uh we're talking about the scary truth about following christ when it comes to discernment yeah uh which you kind of mentioned already like yeah. this, this kind of expectation mm-hmm. um uh you know for me like when i was discerning the priesthood i think like what like the reality that hit me was recognizing just like you're not gonna know like what's ahead of you mm-hmm. you're not gonna know like what's coming up yeah uh, and you have to be okay with that mm-hmm. um yeah uh so in in the sense of like when you were discerning that like like you know maybe other than what you just mentioned but like what was like kind of like the scary truth that you had to face um, in uh in that discernment yeah i think it was that same truth that like you're not like i'm not going to be in control right and that like you i don't know what to expect and you have to be okay with that and you just have to give that up to the lord um and yeah and and so that like um my i guess for me it was, it was more so like my life is no longer going to be my own mm-hmm. right um that i mean like it's ever actually been my own right right um but i think that huge thing kind of shattered and, and just recognizing that like i I, and in a special way, like being a leader, mm-hmm. um, I like out of anybody on this team, I need to experience the most transformation because I know the depths of my yeah. stupidity and selfishness and just apathy. And so a lot of it was just kind of um, in some ways kind of despair and fear of like, God, I need you to work a miracle in yeah. me. Like I need you to do something in me. Um, and I guess that was like the scariest part of like the things that God was going to call me to do. And the transformation that I needed from God um, to do that. Yeah, I think it's nuts because like, like we're faced with this reality of just kind of, um, you know, like oh, like I can't do this. Yeah, and it's just like, and like that, like if we read the Bible, like that's kind of like the whole, mm-hmm. like deal, you know, like yeah. it's like God, you know, yeah, chooses these people for a specific reason, right? Um, and. Uh, you know, I think about it all the time um, when I was in seminary. It's just like, especially like getting to like work at a bunch of different parishes, mm-hmm. uh, do like a bunch of different ministries. Uh, there was a moment when I kind of realized like, like, oh, shoot, like God's calling me to minister to people that are much holier than me. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, how in the world does that even work? Yeah. Um, uh, and, I, you know, I think uh, Peter is a good example of that. Oh, right? yeah. Uh, did you pull up the, the, the script? I did. All right. Ahead of the game. <laughs> go ahead of the game. Here we go. So uh, Peter chapter five, uh, Jesus calls the first disciples. While the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Genesaret and he was, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had ceased speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great shoal of fish. And as their nets were breaking, they beckoned to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so were also James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, 
Do not be afraid. Henceforth you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Initial thoughts? I I relate to his response so much. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's so, it's, it, well, in, in so many ways. Like, I, I love St. Peter so much because I, I relate to his impulsivity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I relate to his passion and his, um, his desire to always just like run after whatever he he feels like is the right thing yeah right um and oh my gosh like what 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 a human response and what a what a humble response yeah right of like immediately he recognizes his own sinfulness before jesus of like he sees this abundance right and instead of being like Jesus, you did all this for me. Like, wow, look at this wealth. Look at all this. Um, I'm rich. I'm rich. <laughs> Suck it, everybody. Um, he he humbles himself, right? And it's like, yeah. I I don't deserve, I am not, I am not fit to deserve this. And I think in some sense, he understands what this kind of means. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he understands that like, uh, this is, this is like a moment here. Yeah, like, like, oh shoot, this is the guy. Yeah. 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 And, and I, and I can't stop thinking about this scene from the chosen. Yeah. Right. Um, of like, I think it, it sets up like he's toiled all night, right? He's tried all night to catch these damn fish. Yeah. And he's end up and nothing, nothing has come of it. Yeah. Um, and so there's also that, that I think of, of like, I, when I imagine this, um, and I place myself in this scripture. I imagine the frustration that he says of like, I've toiled all night. Like, um, and in many ways, like in, in some sense, like if, if I were in his place, like, like fighting back tears, like, yeah. like, like painful of like, because I, I recognize the times in my life as well, where it's like, I've done everything to get so-and-so. Yeah. And here you are trying to tell me that like, you can fix this. Yeah. Um, yet he still kind of leaves a door just a little open. Yeah. Uh, and this is what happens. So, yeah, you know, it's funny because I think like whenever I would, like pray with this passage, like what you mentioned are always like the things that mostly Peter's response yeah. is the part that always stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- this time around, like coming to, to pray with this passage, um, uh, I, I these like other things started to just kind of like uh, catch my eye. Um, and uh, this idea, um, these ideas like kind of like came to prayer. Yeah. I think the the thing that like caught my eye this time around um was uh uh when uh so Jesus tells him to put out into the deep and uh you know he's been toiling all day um and then he says uh when they had done this they caught a great number of fish and their nets were tearing mm-hmm. and uh the nets were tearing was the phrase that stuck to me and yeah. uh I started praying about it and uh I started thinking about like <clears throat> when it came to following God, how often I needed a safety net, uh, in order to have the courage, uh, to follow him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this idea of like, I need something to catch me. If I fall, I need something to, to be there for me. Mm-hmm. If, you know, uh, seminary doesn't work out. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, of course, like, uh, a lot of people would tell me like, Oh, like, you know, it'd probably be smart for you to go, you know, get your degree before you go to seminary. That way, you yeah. know, if it doesn't work out, you know, you can, you know, mm-hmm. do whatever you were doing or, right. or, you know, there's always these, like, everyone has like these little like tips to give people. It's just like, in, like, it's always like, like in case it doesn't work out in case yeah. it doesn't work out. I got to a point where like, I realized I was just like, what a, like a terrible way, like to think of this, yeah. like, 
mm-hmm. the the assumption that like like this isn't going to work out. And you know the thing is it might not. Yeah. And uh, you know that's normally the case. But um, when you kind of put those like reservations, mm-hmm. uh, you start to notice like the distance that you're putting bes- like between you and Jesus. Yeah. Um, uh, and you know, when I was reading like that, that little section that I just mentioned that the nets were tearing, like, um, you know, I had this, I like this, like feeling of, uh, um, you know, like the, the fear of like falling, you know, like mm-hmm. when you think of a tight rope walker and like they have yeah. the net to catch him. Um, and it's just kind of like, you know, like go without the net, like, yeah. like go completely like on your own, like, like, like free will, like full confidence. Yeah. Uh, even if you're scared. Um, and I started to think is just like the nets were tearing and, uh, I just kind of felt God telling me, it's just like, he's like, no net will be strong enough to catch you from like all the, all the, like, uh, all the all the pain that's to come, mm. but also like all the grace that's about to come. Right. Like there's nothing that can can hold that together other than yeah. other than God alone. Right. And um this idea of uh uh you know you know we we don't want to fall. We want to do everything perfectly. Yeah. And yet, you know, Christ, you know, on his road to Calvary, you know, he he fell mm-hmm. <laughs> multiple times. Um, you know, even with the help of, uh, of others. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like this idea is just like, like falling is a part of the spiritual journey, like yeah. crashing into the ground is part of the spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I think we forget that yeah. and we, we don't, uh, we don't allow ourselves to be put in a, in a place where we can truly embrace the cross, mm-hmm. uh, to carry it, um, the way Christ intended us to. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and when I uh, when I was praying with this, um, I got um, Article Two Hundred Eight from the Catechism, which mm-hmm. I have in there, which I'll read. Um, Faced with God's fascinating and mysterious presence, man discovers his own insignificance. Before the burning bush, Moses takes off his sandals and veils his face in the presence of God's holiness. Before the glory of the thrice holy God, Isaiah cries out, "Woe is me! I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips." Before the divine signs wrought by Jesus, Peter exclaims, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. But because God is holy, he can forgive the man who realizes that he is a sinner before him. I will not execute my fierce anger, for I am God and not man, the Holy One in your midst. The Apostle John says likewise, We shall reassure our hearts before him whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Um, and when I think of like our, like at least, you know, my, my scary moments, like I think God was very much like in, in both of those moments, right. Both the, the Chaco throwdown mm-hmm. and, um, the, 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 the warning of yeah. like leadership to come in both. There was this sense of like abandonment that I needed to have. Right. Um, in a special way um, that I think God really, really got brought, like brought to the surface. Like he was calling me and that's one thing that I prayed for a lot in leading up to net, um, especially with the life that I'd lived before net of like, I was just like a guy who just never really did anything. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I did some stuff, but I never like, I never did anything with like abandon. Yeah. Like I never, I never did anything in the face of actual danger. Like I never actually experienced like legitimate adventure where I thought like, where there was the danger that I might lose my life, both in like 
the spiritual, emotional, and definitely not in the physical sense, yeah. right? Um, and I and I felt God calling me on, and in both of those ways, like in their own special way, I was called to like take action in the face of some sort of danger, right? Which I think about this all the time of like, well, if we encounter God, right? This belief in the Old Testament that like, if you were to see the face of God, you're going to die. Like right. You will die. And so Moses covers his face. Um, yet that is still so true now. If we're going to see the face of God, we have to be willing to die, mm-hmm. right? And we mentioned this in one of our previous episodes that you have to like be willing like to forget about the life that you were living before. Yeah. If you want to meet him and you want to see him and you want to follow him. And I think in both of those experiences, like whether I was going to like be willing to throw down with a crackhead. Yeah. It's yeah. like I had to come to terms very quickly as I was running. I was like, I need to come to terms that I, I, I might get hurt. Like yeah. this might be bad. Yeah. Right. Or some of my friends might get hurt. Some of the people on my team, but this, this is what we're doing. Right. Yeah. Um, and as well, like in this warning, this premonition for leadership, like, I had to very quickly come to terms that like God is going to call me to come outside of myself and do things that for so long I've been trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and God is going to bring about this transformation in my life that is going to be painful. Um, and you know, I, I have the decision, like either I dive into it or I run away. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I think like, you know, when, when you, you just read this section from the catechism, this idea of availing himself before God, um, uh, I've been watching a lot of Ink Master mm. uh, on uh, my new Paramount Plus account. But mm. uh, nice, um, give us a password. It was really fun. No, stop. <laughs> but uh, what what happened was is that like, granted, I don't know anything about tattoos, honestly, and yeah. uh, like, you know, they'll like present a tattoo to like the board of judges. Yeah, and uh, like I'll look at him like, wow, that's an awesome tattoo. And then they just start destroying this guy and how much this tattoo sucks. Yeah. And, uh, like, I was like, oh, really? Uh, but then, you know, like, someone will present a tattoo and, like, the, the judges will give a really good critique. Mm. And then, like, like all of a sudden, I, I start to see what, like, they were seeing. It's just like, it's like yeah. oh, like, yeah, the line was a little crooked. The line, the, mm. the outline was a little, like, blown out. The shading isn't as rich as the one in this one. Yeah. Uh, the color isn't as, as saturated, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like this idea is just, like, when you come to know God, like, you are seeing the example of perfection. Yeah. And it's like, you look at yourself and you're like, Shoot. oh man, I I have bad saturation and, yeah. and blown out lines. My lines are blown out. Yeah, bro. <laughs> but, um, you know, in a sense, it does take humility, right? Yeah. It takes like this understanding is just like, like this understanding of who you are, like knowing mm-hmm. who you are. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, a sinner. So, mm-hmm. um, because I think, I think a lot of people don't realize like, like, you know, like, hey, like, th- these are the areas in my life that I'm falling short in. Yeah. Um. So when you're doing ministry and then this comes to, like, the realization, uh, you start freaking out, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you're just, like, how, like, all of a sudden everything that you once, like, did, like, whether it be, like, giving talks or leading small groups, like, it all seems impossible to you. Yeah. Like, can you relate to that? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, I think there are moments where... um. Like I'm, I'm convinced by the lies of like who, who do you think you are doing these things? And yeah. especially this week, which was a very intensive like ministry week. Yeah. Um. So I, I host, um, three Bible studies a week, uh, for UNLV students, right, for my Newman Center, uh, and then this weekend we had kind of this family like, there's a, like families, you know, young families that I kind of know kind of get together for prayer and I kind of organize all the thing and. Mm-hmm. There's so many times that week that and my 
my teeth were killing me. Like yeah. legit. Like I was like, God, I have no idea how I'm going to get through today. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think in some ways, like today in the morning, I became grateful for that pain because then I wouldn't, I don't, I don't think I would have relied on God yeah. as much if I didn't have that pain. Mm-hmm. If I didn't admit, if I didn't have this admission of like, God, I, I have nothing. Like, yeah. I don't know how this is going to work, but I'm yeah. just going to trust in you and I'm going to pray as hard as I can. Yeah. And I know that you can do these things in me. And I think this week has probably been one, one of the most fulfilling um, weeks in ministry like yeah. ever um, because of that. And I, and I, but I definitely relate to that. That like when I'm not praying um, it's so, I mean, if you're involved in any ministry, right, the devil is so persistent in trying to instill that lie that like you can't, and well, I mean, it's a partial truth, right? Yeah. That you can't do it on your own. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I think this is part of that fear is also what, what Peter feels because he says like, depart from me, O Lord, for I'm a sinful man. Yeah. But yet Jesus response is like, don't be afraid. Yeah. Um, well, so then Jesus must have known that that response was coming. Like that answer from Peter is coming out of some sort of fear. It's right. coming out of some sort of insecurity that like, because I'm sinful, which is true. I can't do these things. Mm-hmm. I can't do, I can't be a student. I can't serve you. Yeah. I can't call. I don't know. Like I can't answer yeah. this call, right? And in a, in a sense, like that's like like how I mentioned earlier. Just like like this is the story for like everyone in the yeah. Bible, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like this. And when I was thinking about, it, I was just like, it's this idea of just like this person is just so broken, mm-hmm. you know. As he ministers to me, like I I have to know without a doubt that this is Christ right mm. now reaching out to me in my life. Yeah. Um. And uh, I remember, like, uh, you know, when I left seminary, you know, I was reading, I was journaling um, during uh, Holy Hour. And, uh, you know, after, like, feeling this stress of, like, feeling the to need to be this holy person, you know, like, I, I, I wrote down, I told God, I was just like, like, Lord, like, if, if the way you want me to glorify you is by being this, like, broken person with mm-hmm. all these problems uh, in constant pain. Yeah. <laughs> um, then let it be done if that means that people are going to encounter your lo- like your love yeah um because like i'm starting to realize that like my idea of holiness is not the right idea of holiness right um yeah and uh, i think that leads uh, into the really well into uh the second verse that i had uh yeah written down um also sorry for the the, the dump truck there's oh, a dump I, truck outside oh yeah they can totally uh, i probably yeah. should have closed my window your window's open, Ivan. My window's super open. My room gets hot. I'm going to hurt you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this. Oh, man. Uh, that's okay. But, I mean, it's all, what God is trying to tell us is he's trying to take out your trash. Yeah. You know? I think that's what, that's the Holy Spirit moving right now. Yeah, that's the Holy Spirit moving. He's trying to take out your trash. Um, oh, man. Dump truck. Uh, but this, this, uh, the second reading that we have for today uh, yeah. is from the Gospel of John, chapter 16, yeah. uh, verse 5 through 7. Um and it's um, the departure of, of Jesus and the coming of the advocate. Uh, and it goes like this. But now I'm going to the one who sent me. And not one of you asked me, where are you going? But because I told you this, grief has filled your hearts. But I tell you the truth. It is better that you, for, it's better for you that I go. For if I do not go, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And, um. This fits a, like a lot with what we just said mm-hmm. uh, because it's this idea of just like, you know, the apostles are used to having like Jesus's physical presence in their life like yeah. to comfort them and, and, you know, to guide them and everything. Yeah. Um, but now it's this sense that like, it's like, well, now you're going to have me in a more intimate and deeper level. Yeah. Um, this idea of just like on the days where like, um, you know, 
you can't do it on your own, which is most days. Like you can finally rely on the power of God mm-hmm. and, and on his love. Um, on the, like on the days where you're tired and you, and you like, don't feel like praying, uh, you know, those are the days that you need to pray, like to get yeah. strength. I know like the other day, um, I was feeling exhausted, mm-hmm. you know, at work and, uh, you know, thank God I work at a church <laughs> Facts. and, uh, you know, I was working with Vinny and, uh, you know, we we're doing something. And I was like, Vinny, I was like, I need like 15 minutes, man. I just, I need to go be with Jesus right now. Yeah. <laughs> if not, like this whole day is just going to go up in flames. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, like I went, I went in and, you know, I just, I pulled my rosary out. I just started praying, you know, just like yeah. my eyes on the tabernacle. And I'm just like, oh, thank you, Lord. This, I, I needed this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and they, that gave me the enough strength to like, you know, go the distance the, mm-hmm. for the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, and so it's just like. You know, in 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 this sense, you know, Jesus is also kind of having like this: should I stay or should I go? Moment, yeah. Uh, with with um, you know, his apostles and the people he loves, because even though like he loves them and you know he wants to be with them, he knows that the will of God is for him to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for you know, for the better of of everyone. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's something that blows my mind that like God thought it'd be better for him to not for his like physical like bodily presence like of jesus the actual like person obviously the eucharist is is right of course is a presence but um that he would ascend into heaven he thought that that would be better um because realistically jesus could have just ruled the world and just be like all right i'm the rule of the world all right everybody's gonna listen to me but he thought it'd be better for him to ascend into heaven and to send us the holy spirit so that god may be within us so that we can partake in being his hands and his feet here on earth so that we become the body of Christ so that everybody is gathered together and lifted up. Um, And I think that just blows my mind. That just absolutely blows my mind that like God in, in all of his mercy and love for me, like is just so, he, he is so devoted in wanting to redeem me, to Mm -hmm. use me. Right. Um, and I think that that should be humbling for everybody. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that is just so beautiful and reveals so much about like the love that he has. It's like a genuine love that he's not just going to like, but also it requires something of me. Right. Yeah. Because he, he goes in and he fixes my problems, but also it requires for me to give everything. Right. Yeah. Like I have to be all in. Yeah. No, no reserve, like no safety net. Like yeah. No, no backup plan. Yeah. Like right. you're, you're, your gaze has to be on what's like before you and that, and that yeah. alone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, going back to Peter and I think he knew, right. When, when, when Jesus came to him, he knew that he wants my whole life. Yeah. Like he doesn't just want me on the weekends and I can still work part time. Right. But he's like, I cannot, I cannot keep doing like, I cannot continue my life that I had before. He's mm. going to want my entire heart, all of me. Um, and that, that's a scary thing. Like that is terrifying. Yeah. Even in like uh, the reading that we just read with the calling of Peter, um, verse 11, you know, it says, uh, when they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything. Yeah. Like they left everything and they followed him. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it's tough because like, if we look at the life of Jesus and, you know, we start to apply the life of Jesus and his passion to our discernment. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Jesus obviously, obviously had like these beautiful moments with people, like these beautiful Mm -hmm. moments of encounter, these beautiful moments of healing, uh, these beautiful miracles. Yeah. Which, you know, honestly, like, you know, granted, if you follow Christ, like this, this will be your life. Mm -hmm. But at some point along the journey, 
Yeah. Whether you realize it, uh, well, you will realize it, <laughs> yeah. uh, but you'll begin to feel the weight of the cross. Yeah. And um, um, in a sense, like kind of, I guess the question is like, how does his passion, um, you know, influence the way you, you view discernment? Hmm. That's something that I've been thinking about. I think my first response is complete obedience and and just surrender to prayer yeah and and the model that that jesus sets for us of like in i always think of the garden like the garden of gethsemane is just an image that just continues to pop up like in in my prayer life yeah um and it's a place that like jesus reveals to us his humanity yeah. he just reveals to us that like he knows exactly what is going to ha happen and how it's going to happen because he um, has laid himself down for this mm -hmm. to happen, right? That he's orchestrated because he's God this entire thing and handed himself over purposefully yeah. for this. Yet he invites us into this moment, into his heart to console him uh, in prayer and just complete surrender to the will of the Father. Um, and I don't know. There's just something so special about that moment that... Um, very much inspires me to um, want to be reassured that like in the moment um, God will give me the grace, but also it's not like magic. Like it's not going to make the pain go away. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and I don't know, maybe in a special way, I've, I've been relating to this of my small little toothache. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are moments that like, I'm like, man, like, like, though God is giving me the grace, like, right now, yeah. this sucks. Right now, and with any, like, suffering, right? It's like, right now, it sucks, right? Yeah. Um, and you just pray for the grace that you need, but um, just the beauty of suffering for the Lord. Um, there's something so special and something so transformative about it. But I think that's, that is especially what sticks out to me is, like, the obedience and his just desire to pray and always yeah. be with the father and what model that sets for us. Yeah. Uh, and that we too can like learn more about his heart. And, you know, he invites us into every single moment of his life, right? Especially in the scriptures and his hidden life, which have so much fruit um, that we can pray with, like imaginatively. But yeah, no, yeah, I agree. I like, again, I, I go back to the image of, of Jesus, you know, falling, um, you know, as he carries the cross. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think like the way that, that his passion influences my discernment is just kind of like recognizing that like, like pain is, is a part of it, you mm -hmm. know, failure is a part of it. Yeah. Um, but also recognizing that the, that the pain and the suffering that is to come is also just like a little drop of, right. of God's love for us, yeah. of what he went through. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, uh, I think for me it was, a, it, was a, it was very like, um, comforting yeah to recognize just like like my suffering isn't for nothing you yeah. know like my my hardships aren't for nothing yeah uh they're for me to come to know god's love even deeper um mm -hmm. and to come to know him even more yeah um and uh it's gonna be interesting uh this upcoming lent with uh um the um uh, stations of the cross because uh, i think it's uh it's i think it's a little different for me now yeah um, so i'm excited to see what the lord does there yeah yeah, and and ultimately what it comes down to in discernment is this willingness to take like a risk, yeah. right? This willingness to lose it all, right? I mean, the gospel, um, when when first stepping out, 
right? When first following, it seems like a gamble, right? You can't just put partially in, right? If you do, you're going to fall. You're going to fail, Yeah. right? You have to give your complete your complete self. And, yeah. And in the same way that, like, Peter, I mean, there's, it makes such perfect sense that Jesus chose him to lead our church. Yeah. Because it's, it's this desire to just, like, I don't know if this is the right thing, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. Right. Um, and that that's an attitude in which we need to pursue discernment. And yeah. that like, you know, maybe sometimes like God only shows like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like driving in the fog. Like he only shows like immediately what's in front of us. Right. Yeah. Sometimes discernment is like that. And we're not going to know if if that's what we need to do until either we fail or it works out. Yeah. Right. Um, but either way, recognizing that like the immense hope that comes with the Christian life is that like Jesus still loves you. Yeah. That like whether if it goes right or wrong or whatever yeah. or you're homeless or whatever happens. Yeah. Jesus is still good and he still loves you and there's nothing you could do to run away from that love or hide from that love. Right. Um, and I, I don't know. I pulled this back up. It's, um, Evangelii Gaudium mm-hmm. because I have it printed. Oh, wow. And I just keep it on me. Wow. JK, I've only read like the first, like three <laughs> I always paragraphs. keep that thing on me. I always keep that thing on me. That Pope <laughs> Francis, uh, Francesco. But, um, there's something that like in the third paragraph, cause I've literally only read like the first five paragraphs, but, right. Uh, again, I feel I've been so impacted by just the, the very beginning of this. And in the third paragraph, he says, the Lord does not disappoint those who take this risk. Whenever we take a step towards Jesus, we come to realize that he is already there waiting for us with open arms. Now is the time to say to Jesus, Lord, I have let myself be deceived in a thousand ways. I have shunned your love. Yet here I am once more to renew my covenant with you. I need you. Save me once again, Lord. Take me once more into your redeeming embrace. Um, how good it feels to come back to him whenever we are lost. Uh, and he just goes on to talk about like God's mercy and, and his love. But yeah, this is like the attitude of which, and this is called, you know, joy of the gospel. Yeah. Uh, and that there's joy in the risk as with any good risk. There's right. joy. Um, and, and that's how we should... Um, that's how we should live our, our Christian lives. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and look at discernment and look at like, um, how just like do it. Right. I see so many, and I, and it gets so frustrated, like see so many young adults here in our diocese specifically, um, that are just waiting and just waiting. And like, yeah, sure. There are times when God calls you to wait, but at some point you just have to go. Yeah. Like if you know that you love this person and you've been dating for like six years, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, I mean, at some point, like you just have to make the decision, yeah. right? At some point you have to make the decision, like go do that thing, start that ministry. Um, and then you'll find out if that's where God wants you, right? Jesus will be there. Um, or maybe you'll fail. Jesus is still going to be there to console you in that failure. Um, but it's when we get stuck in this, like, Ooh, am I, am I good? Should I not do it? Should I stay? Should I go? Should I? that's when we get lost and the devil just takes that and takes all of your time. Yeah. We're like, well, I'll go to seminary once I get my degree. Well, I'll be a missionary once I finish this. Yeah. I, like there's always going to be that, right? The world will always try to get in the way of what God wants of your life. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I think that's a good place to end. <laughs> Honestly. I so too. Um, I don't know. Any announcements that we need to know about? Any announcements? Um, I mean, we're trying to upload every Monday. Uh, so stay tuned. Uh, thank you again so much for listening. Share it with your friends. Um, let us know if this was good for you. Uh, if anything stuck out to you. Other than that, make sure to pray. Make sure to eat fiber. 
and make sure to act the act fool. The fool. Hey, hey, hey.